Amen. God is good, and he's still on the throne, and he is still waiting to hear from you. Time to call out to him. It is time to take the word of God and, and uh, how do I say this, give it back to him. Not give it back to him, but speak it out. It's time to start walking according to your faith, according to his word. Coming in here and listening to it's good, well and good, but you've got to start walking it. Somebody say amen. Goodness, that was, that was terrible. I, I'm sorry, but it's not one of those things where we pray one prayer, we walk, the, we walk the aisle and pray a prayer, and it's all provided for. No. I still need food on the table when I get home. We've still got bills to pay. How many got their electric bill this week? Glory to God. I need a, I need a God. I, I, need, I, need, I need somebody to help me. I need a God. I need Jesus Christ. I need him in my life. I need him to provide for me. He knows when my electric bill is going to show up and I've had my air conditioning running like crazy. God is for you. He is for you. And he is not the God of poverty. He's not the God of coming up short. What I started talking on uh, last week uh, before Ben and Amy Crace, before I... I let them come up and share what they were doing. We started talking about the church and being the church and getting plugged in. And I personally am a testimony to that. I know so many people that when they started serving the Lord, the doors started to open. Let's just look at this again. If y'all got your Bibles, do me a favor. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, Blake, I'm going to need you just to chase me around a little bit with those scriptures I've put in there. Ephesians chapter 4. The five main ministries of the church that Jesus ordained for the building up of the body of Christ. And these five ministries are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, or the shepherds, and the teachers. And let's start right here in verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Don't, don't miss that. You, to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Are you called? Yes, you are called. You are called. You are called to the church. You are called uh, to this night, to this church, church on the hill tonight. This is where you are with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Verse 8, therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean, but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, 
that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That is one big picture of the church. I read it kind of quickly and it, uh, it, 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 uh, it scares me that we can just kind of go numb. I can even, I'm, in my flesh, I even want to go numb as I'm reading it, but it is such a description of what we are to do as the church. If we'll look at this portion of scripture, let's examine what God would say today to the church. Paul, who is the author of Ephesians, starts this chapter by discussing Christian character with a special emphasis on humility. He says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. He is adequately placing himself in the right position, a position to this theme. And again, if you remember from last week, he's writing this from a prison cell. He is not in the pulpit. He is not riding on someone's shoulders. He is in a cell encouraging the church. And that, Notice this language. He says, I beseech you. He's not giving orders. He's not making demands as some spiritual dictator. He's entreating his fellow believers in love for their own good and for God's glory. Do you remember what he asked them? To walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Can I tell you that when I came to this church, let me just, I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much time here, but I've, I've got to tell you, um, I was, I want to say I was 25 when we came to this church. Is that, I don't know what year was she born, 98, 96? I'm 71, I was 25. And let, let me just tell you, I was spirit-filled. I was saved at five, spirit-filled at 17, but I was not serving the Lord. How many of you know you can be saved and not serve the Lord? How many of you know you can be saved and completely be in the wrong place? Well, I wouldn't say that at 25 I was completely a heathen, but I was close. I don't know that you can teeter on that, but I was a teeterer. And I was probably leaning more toward the heathen side. But the Lord started calling me. I didn't know it. I couldn't have told you that. But I had the Spirit of God in me. My parents had put in me the Word of God that wouldn't depart from me when I needed it. And, you know, I started having this desire to... I, my, one of my big expressions is, why don't you do something? Uh, and I was, I was actually listening to the, the one-year Bible this morning um, on an MP3. Uh, sometimes when I can't can't get my Bible to, to read, I'll, I'll listen to it in my car. And there was a scripture that said something like, why don't you do something? I thought, man, that's it. The Lord gave me that. But I had that desire in me to do something. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing anything. What good am I? And you know what? I, we're, I wouldn't say that Elizabeth and I were struggling, but you know, it, it just wasn't happening. I wasn't happy in church. I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. 
But I'm, the Lord started calling me to serve somewhere. So I started looking. I don't know where. So I got on the events committee. Many of you know in the Baptist church, there's a committee for every, there's a committee for a committee. Yeah. There's a committee that just talks about the committees. I'm not lying. We got a problem, let's have a committee. So I was on the events committee. And I'm sitting in there with a bunch of other people, and I'm like, this isn't it. Missed that one. So then I think, well, I kind of like music a little bit. I'll go do, I'll ask to do sound. And I told you, they put me next to the guy that's typing the words for the, for the TV to put the scripture below their name. So like when I'm reading Ephesians 4, it would go below my name. Well, I wasn't even getting to type it. I was sitting next to the guy typing it. thought, this isn't it. Got out of that. They put me in, uh, behind the sound booth. And I got to do, I think, one or two Sundays, and I completely embarrassed the worship leader. I didn't know what I was doing. I had it completely shoved up, and he goes, good morning. He's like, good morning. And he's like, whoa. And I'm like, that's not it. And the funny thing is, I'm already, my self-confidence is down. I'm trying. You hear me? I'm trying. I'm not going to say I felt the Lord tell me, but I believe it was the Lord. When I look back at it now, I believe it was the Lord telling me. I don't like where you are. Go find somewhere to be. So uh, I'm stuck. What am I going to do? And sure enough, the pastor of this church gives me a call, and you guys all know the story. I mean, he doesn't know how terrible of a sound guy I am. He tells me, somebody tells me I'm supposed to come take over your sound department. Well, you're a, you're a, you're a flake. What are you talking about? You don't even know. I don't know sound. And I, and I have been recommended to take over your sound department? That sounds made up. And I literally hung up on him. Tell you where I am. Don't play games with me. Somebody recommended me? Yeah, who? I'm not going to tell you. Fine. And I hung up. Glory to God. He called me back in two more weeks. I feel like the Lord's telling me, you're supposed to come take over my sound department. And I said, okay, I'll give you three months. And that was it. That was it. We couldn't stop the ball from rolling then. It was fish to water. It was fish to water. But I believe it started out of, out of that, that, that desire to know I need to be doing something. What good am I just sitting here? I'm not doing anybody any good. I need to do something. That we walk worthy of the calling with which you are called. Well, I don't know where I'm called. Well, I want to encourage you. All, all I know to do is to give you testimony. I can read this scripture and I can tell you you're called. But I can tell you where it started for me is just getting into something. What can I get into? What is there that, that, that's, that I could get involved with? Well, Elizabeth gave you three things. That just now. You can go buy a high chair or go find one. Go find one at a yard sale. Get one for probably less than five bucks. A good one. You can get a good one for five bucks. Find somebody that's done having their babies and want to get rid of it. We've done that. Or get involved in Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. Let me tell you, it is going to be awesome. I know you're sitting there thinking, man, it's just one more thing to do. No, it's one more thing to get to do. It is going to be one of the greatest missions trips we have ever taken. Right here in our own church. You can act, you can serve, 
You can set up, you can tear down, you can be with kids, you can be with older kids, you can be with younger kids. There's going to be lots of places, and we need you. You, you can pray, you can, do, you can help us in the sound, sound area. We can use you. you, you I, I know what you're thinking, man. He's just trying to get me. No, I'm trying, I'm trying, to, I'm trying, to, get you, I'm trying to get you blessed, get you on track of what God's called you to do. To walk worthy of the calling. Are you struggling? Don't answer that, but I want you to, in, in your spirit, just to, just to answer, are you struggling? Start serving. I'm telling you, it changed my life, and I was going in the wrong direction. What are the character requirements? Lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. <laughs> If I got to bear with somebody, if I serve in the church, you doggone right, you're going to have to. Do you have to bear with somebody at work? Do you have to bear with somebody in your home? Yeah, am, I, am I the only one? No. No. Bear with one another. Without these qualities in the life of the believer, the church will never be built. And you know what? If we have the blueprint, we have the perfect blueprint of the church to be built, no matter how good the blueprint may be, no matter how good the architect who designed it may be, the building cannot be properly constructed without the proper kind of materials with which it was designed. And you know what the proper materials are? You. And only you can fill that spot. Only you. You were designed... Let me just tell you, you were designed for this church. I didn't know it, but I was designed for this church. I came in just like you. I wasn't hired from outside. I wasn't a pastor to be, to putting in resumes. Nope. God came and found me here. God's got, if you start serving, God's going to find you. And you know what he's going to find you doing? He's going to find you working. Let me tell you, God likes to find you working. Mm, that's good. Our problem is not just getting to know the blueprint, but producing the proper materials. Believers of the quality that Jesus had in mind when he designed the church. And then to enforce this, Paul, Paul shows us in verse 9 and 10 how Jesus fulfilled the pat pattern of humility. It said that he descended before he ascended. The pattern is going down before you go up. Let me just tell you, we are in need in uh, staff positions. We all know that Pastor Robert has stepped down and really left a, a big hole. And I'm just going to, I really risk, risk a little bit when I do this, but we need a children's pastor. We need a worship leader. We've got a lot of, we've got a lot of need. But it doesn't work where you just say, well, I'll do that. Well, no, it doesn't work like that. You've got to start serving. Start working. Do you know that I did not go looking to be on the worship team when I was back in the sound booth. The Lord found me. I gave it everything I had back there. Everything. I gave hours. I gave money. I gave everything I had. And I didn't ask for anything in return. I bet I spent 40 hours one week underneath this stage. Pulling wire. That's where my heart was. And then I gave 
50 hours at work. Where was my poor wife? Exactly. Yeah, in tears. <laughs> Bearing with one another, long suffering. <laughs> it's the truth. It comes at a cost, doesn't it? Your marriage comes at a cost. Your kids come at a cost. Your job comes at a cost. Let me tell you, tell you your church comes at a cost. But we don't start at the top. We work our way up. And sure enough, I got to play in on the worship team a little bit. Next thing you know, the pastor and pastor's wife leave, and it felt like my world was coming to an end. Next thing you know, they got me leading a little bit. Then they hire me as their worship leader. Then they hire me as their pastor. I want you to know that same pathway can happen for you. It may not be the exact path, but when you start serving, the Lord's going to find you. When you're serving and giving it everything you got, you know, He can't keep from promoting you. It's his word. If you take care of little, he will give you much. Well, can you please just start taking care of little? I believe that's the same way with faith. If you'll just start with a little bit of faith, God's going to bless it. But you've got to start with something. You've got to get seed in the ground. Part of your seed is going to be your service. We are at a point in this church where we're right on this brink of complete breakthrough. But I believe the key is going to be with this group right here, this Wednesday night group, rolling up your sleeves and digging in. Bearing with one another in love. Long-suffering, working hard. Man, where can I go? Where can I be? Who, who, who needs blessed? Who, who, is in, who just absolutely can't? It's not going to make it till tomorrow unless the Lord comes through for you. That's me. Find, find a way to get plugged in. Amen. It's the word of God. It's not the pastor needing all this help, which, which we do. You know, when I came in to start serving, I wasn't trying to, I didn't realize that the pastor just had this need. Nope, the Lord found me. The Lord's trying to find you. And it, you know what? I'll just tell you, he's trying to find you through me tonight. Throwing my net out there and asking you, would you please find a place to plug in? I don't care where it is. If this whole group plugged themselves in somewhere, we would have no need and help. For a while. You know, right now we're, do, we're at this 20-80 rule. 20% of the people do 80% of, 80% of the work. That's not even, that's probably 10-90. Just this group. If everybody, and most of you are plugged in, praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord's going to do it. He's going to do it in you. Well, let's take this just a little bit farther. Remember, the, the, the Lord descended before he ascended. You've got to become a servant before you can become a leader. You're wanting to lead? Start serving. Take this a little bit further. Philippians 2.5 tells us that let this mind be in us, which, also, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, think like Jesus thought. He says, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Or in another translation, it says, he thought it not equality to be God, with God, not equality with God, something to be grasped at. He didn't have to grasp, grasp at it because he was God himself. Satan reached for uh, equality 
and he slipped and fell. Jesus did not reach up, he stooped down. And you know, these, these next scriptures outline this humiliation and exaltation of the Lord Jesus. In verses 7 and 8, we read of his humiliation. Blake, can you put it back up, verse 7 and 8 from chapter 4? But to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Verse 9 pictures Jesus exalted, not because he was God, but because he met the conditions and earned it. He humbled himself to the extreme and was exalted to the extreme. We've seen the scripture, Luke 14, 11 says, For whoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humble himself shall be exalted. You know the scripture, if you, if you exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. If you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. And I've had somebody just in the last two weeks say, what does that mean? How do I exalt myself? How do I humble myself? You know, the way that, the way that I humble myself is asking for help. Asking for help from man, asking for help from God. My personality is the type to not ask for any help. And that's one way that I humble myself. Another way that I humble myself is I find what need my wife has and I meet it. Regardless of whether she meets my need. I humble myself. I try, I try to take a lower place. I heard someone once say that to, to try to spend your entire day treating the person that you run into, every person you run into is the most important person you have ever met. What is that? That's humbling yourself. It says that if you will humble yourself, you'll be exalted. What does exalted mean? It means, it means to be promoted. It means to be lifted up. It means to be spoken highly of. The problem is we want to exalt ourselves. We want to tell everybody how great we are and expect everybody to tell us how great we are. It doesn't work like that. We've got to start from the bottom and work our way up. And when we start from the bottom, the Lord exalts us. That's the kind of exaltation that we're looking for is, the, is what's done by the Lord, not, not by man, even though we want, want it from man. Well, if we want it from man, do it God's way. You'll get God's and man's. And you know what? If all you get is man's, it's not worth anything. Might be for a season, but it'll finally run out. Proverbs 15.33 says, Before honor is humility. You want honor? Humble yourself. This is the Christian's pattern of life. If we depart from it, now catch this, our learning is only theology and it never becomes experiential. What do I mean? We can sit here and we can learn and we can, we can believe. We can grab hold. But if we never apply it, all it is is theology, a thought. We've got to apply. Joe McGee gave you some scripture and some instruction for absolute breakthrough. But if you've spent Monday through Wednesday going through the same pattern, not taking the word of God and not praying according to the word of God, you're probably still in the same place. Or you can take what this man of God has said and apply it. 
I would encourage you, try to prove the word of God to be faithful. Try to prove it wrong. Try to prove it right. There's a book out there that talks about the uh, 100 atheists that went out and tried to prove God wrong. Tried to prove that God didn't exist. And what they found was, they found God. <laughs> I love that. You try, to, you try to prove him wrong and you find him. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. I'm almost done for tonight. But if we go back to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and if you remember, uh, if you go and you look at this, if you look back at Ephesians 5.18, which I'm not going to, this is the part of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's easy to submit to God in theory, but when it comes to submitting to one another, well, let me tell you, that's a whole other story. Submitting to one another in the Holy Spirit. This is the entry into all that Paul is unfolding. You know, through, through this charismatic movement that happened in the 70s and 80s, people have run around being individuals saying, I'm free, I'm free, I can do as I wish. But this is only half the truth. In reality, we are no more free than we are submiss submissive to God. You know, if we're not submissive to God, we're not free. We just think we're free. And we can sing this song all day long. Man, it's cool. It's a fun song. I am free. But are you free? If you're, not submitting, if you're not submitting to one another in love, if you're not submitting to God, you're not free. You just think you're free. Isn't, isn't that backwards? I've got to submit to God to be free? Yeah. And it's a freedom that you can't explain. In verse 3 of Ephesians 4, it says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. That is such a good word for the church. Working, endeavoring, giving it all you've got to stay together. Isn't that good? Giving it all you've got to stay as one. Do you know that Satan tries to divide he tries to divide spouses. He tries to divide kids and their parents. He tries to divide kids from kids. He tries to divide churches. If he can divide and get us a little bit on our own, you know, the lion goes and looks for the one that's loose, the one that's outside the group, that's isolated. This should be our motivation, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. In everything that we say and do, we are aiming to keep from breaking this precious unity of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember what we find when we find unity? If you read in the Psalms, unity is where the blessing is. You, you want your marriage to be blessed? Get unified. Unified uni Unity means giving up what you want for, for the sake of unity. What is that? It's humbling yourself. It's dying to yourself. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to submit to God. It's hard to submit to one another. It's hard. It's where the blessing is. You got Satan on your, on, on your toes, on your, on your heels? Submit to God. 
and resist him. You know what that means? Let go of me. Submit to God and resist him. And he'll go. You got, are, are you battling something so bad you can't get, can't get loose of it? I got a word for you. Submit to God. How do I submit to God? Start saying praises out of your name to him. Out of your mouth to him. Start praising him. I don't know how to praise him. Yeah, you do. Praise God. I'm telling you, are you battling something? Are you battling something in your mind? Are you battling depression? Are you battling drugs? What are you battling? What are you battling? Submit to God. Start praising him out of your mouth. Come under him. Come under his authority. Get in his word. Get in his word and start praising him. And start resisting. You have these thoughts pop in your head. You know what you got to do? No thought. Get out. I'm going to fill you back up with something else. What's it going to be? It's going to be the word. It's going to be praise. I don't know what else to do. The pastor just said to get in the word. I don't care what you read. Go read Chronicles. You know, I started reading the one-year Bible uh, the first year, and it was right in the middle of Chronicles. And I'm like, I, I, oh, shoot. I'm never going to make this. And you know what? The Lord found me. In, I found the Lord in Chronicles. Starts talking about the kings and the ones that served him and the ones that didn't. And the ones that did got blessed and the ones that didn't were in trouble. I love reading First and Second Chronicles. That may sound so crazy. God's in it. You don't know where to start? Start praising him. Get your word. I'm never getting away from that. I'm never getting away about pleading the blood of Jesus. Pastor, I don't know anything about the blood of Jesus. Just say, I plead the blood of Jesus. I have received Jesus Christ. I don't have to understand it to plead it. Do you know how to stand before a judge and say, I plead innocent? I plead guilty? Don't plead any of those. Plead the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus. Lord, I don't even know what that means, but, but I know in your word that you died for my sins. I know that your blood was shed to, to save me, to cleanse me. I don't really understand this, but I plead the blood of Jesus. The day the church gets away from that is the day the church completely misses it. There is no other way out of your sin but by the blood of Jesus. I'm just going to stop there. I'm so close to, to, really, to really getting into this. My next part is the unity of the Holy Spirit and these seven basic unities. Let me just, let me just give them to you. This will take me one minute. One minute. One body, that's the church. One spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. One hope. That is our future, which is in heaven. One Lord, who is Jesus. One faith. That is the gospel or the Bible. One baptism. Um, and then finally, the seventh, one Father. One. That's where the church has to be found. One. We have to be one. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to place this church. Lord, put us right where we're supposed to be. Lord, I just ask for, a, for a, uh, an aggravating spirit that won't let go until we get where we're supposed to be. That's what you gave me. I didn't know what it was, but I, an uneasiness, unsettling. Yeah. Lord, I, I just ask, I, I so desire for everyone under the sound of my voice to get right under the fountain of blessing. 
I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you've got the answer tonight. You've got the answer tonight. That we plead the blood, that we praise your name, that we read your word. And Lord, we find some place to serve. You can pray, you can sing, you can do children, you can do youth, you can do, you can get in a life group, you can lead a life group, you can get in Sunday school, something, something, give something. Your church will mean so much more to you when you give. Thank you, Lord. Place every joint, every part right into its place. And Lord, I just ask for an absolute spiritual explosion right here. Inside us. And right here in this place. Do it here, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Those that are needing breakthrough, Lord, I just pray for breakthrough. You are the God of breakthrough. Give us breakthrough. Protect our children. Bless our children. Protect our marriages. Satan, you can't have our marriages. Marriage was, was given to us by God. It was created by God. Family was created by God. In the name of Jesus, help our marriages resist the devil and submit to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you for breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen.